Hello there, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Norton. Here in episode 37, I'm going to chat with Jane Carter about how to keep the spark alive in your money relationship. Let's get started. Have you been wanting to start your private practice, but you can't seem to take that first step? Maybe you're afraid of failure or lack confidence, or maybe the idea of running your own practice is overwhelming. I'm Cindy Norton, owner of Mountain Practice Journeys, and I help therapists and counselors to love the business side of private practice. I'll share with you practical skills and advice, along with a healthy dose of inspiration so that you can be on your way to the practice of your dreams. Put on your hiking boots and let's get going. If you haven't yet listened to episode 36, I urge you to do that. In that episode, I chat with Liz Gray of Organize and Thrive about the three A's to having a sensitive practice. Now let's get on to my interview with Jane. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. Um, I'm joined today uh, by Jane Carter. She's been on the podcast before, so I hope you check out all of our other episodes that we've had together. But today, we're going to be talking about keeping the spark alive in your money relationship. So welcome, Jane. Thank you. It's kind of a funny title, but I <laughs> promise I'll make sense of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what is it that maybe um, is so important about this topic? I know that, you know, money is, can be a hot button issue, but I really love this take on keeping the spark alive and then having a relationship <laughs> with your money. Cause it makes it a lot less scary. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's sort of, I mean, obviously it's sort of a takeoff on sort of the, the cheesy couples uh workshop titles probably like from the 80s and 90s like we got to keep that spark alive um but but what it's meant to do is to draw attention to the fact that we have a relationship with money um so when we talk about money mindset it which it's that's become such a kind of jargony word um in the private practice coaching world but it's just coming back to this idea that we all have a money relationship and it occurred to me that, well, man, if this is a relationship, if, if my relationship with money is, is an ongoing relationship, I wonder if the principles that apply to other types of relationships apply to how I feel about money. Mm-hmm. And I've found that it's been really helpful to think of it in that way. Yeah. And as you're mentioning that as a couples therapist, I'm going through my head and I just made like 10 connections. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so similar. Right. They're so similar. And, and, you know, I I have a few key areas that I'll talk through that, but we could probably take this analogy and go for hours. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We probably will continue, especially because we're both therapists and you're a couples therapist. So yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, and I mean, you know, just from the get-go, I would say, you know, if if we're looking at this principle that it's a, a relationship between you and money, um, relationships, you know, they're here to be enjoyed and they're also here to help you grow. And I talk to my coaching clients all the time about this idea that your business is here to grow you. I mean, yes, of course, it's, it's a business. It's here to like make you money and, you know be interesting and help you serve your purpose. Um, And you're going to grow in the process as a person and, you know, relationships. I mean, my goodness, they are such the, the playground for our soul's growth. (laughs) It's where Uh we work out so much. Uh, And, and so, 
in that same way, you know, working through your relationship with money so that you can welcome more of it in is a way that you can grow and realize there might be some areas that you're out of balance, you know, Mm -hmm. carrying some old stuff. Yeah. I think there's a lot of old stuff with it. Cause even thinking about money and relationships, like Mm -hmm. things that have happened in the past affect like who you are today in whatever relationship that you're in. So you can think about, um, the way that you were raised or what happened in childhood or your relationship with your parents and some of those things that are triggering and those can come up in your current relationship, even though they have nothing to do with your current Mm -hmm. partner, or it can be a past partner. You could have a specific relationship with someone and carry that over into a new relationship, even though this new person is totally different and thinking about money, um, the stories that we hear from our parents or our early relationships with money, if we had um, problems with money in the past, like any of those things are going to trigger our current beliefs. Absolutely. And and you're actually hitting on one of my main points is that, you know, we really do need to know our money stories coming into this because they are driving us. And it's funny, as you were talking, I thought, gosh, you know, a parallel to like, if you've ever had a really bad breakup, right? If you've ever had a, or an abusive relationship or something like that. Um, you know, (laughs) if you're working on your business and you've ever had a big, like money has broken up with you, quote unquote, because you've had a big failure or had a big loss of money, you know, you can carry that with you. I mean, I've had clients before where, um, they had a failure that, you know, they had a business that fell apart and coming into coaching to work on their new business, we're mostly having to sort of deprogram them from that hurt and that trauma. And, you know, this is a different situation and that was a learning experience. So, yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, I, I would say almost every, if not all my coaching clients have had money stories, either, you know, coming from not having enough money or, um, I've had people who grew up with money, but there was a lot of scarcity mindset around money or a lot of guilt or a lot of um, fear of losing money. Um, A a specific example I can share is um, a client who had grown up in poverty, had grown up in a very, yeah, I mean, in, in a community with a lot of poverty and Um, there was, she had come to me because she said, you know, I'm getting all this business, but I can't seem to hold on to the money. Like I just, this practice it's, it's growing. It should be doing well. And the money is just not there. And I don't understand what's happening. Um, and so we were going into her money story and when she was younger, she, she disclosed that, um, when she was a child, she had, um, she was on a field trip with some schoolmates and they all had to bring a hundred dollars, which was a really big deal for whatever this school thing was. Um, and someone dropped their hundred dollars and she took it and she had all this guilt years and years and years later. And I was like, well, there it is. You know, <laughs> you, you're, and she's like, I feel, I still feel guilty. I can't be trusted with money. Mm-hmm. And that was this old script. I can't be trusted. And so, you know, her getting some healing around that, I actually, you know, gave her the, an exercise that I give a lot of clients um, is, you know, to put a hundred dollars in your wallet and just have it there so that you're like, oh, I'm a person who carries around hundred dollar bills. 
and she was like, just holding on to that money was so hard. And I was like, well, yeah, we're, we're deprogramming your trauma around, you know, this poverty and this idea that I can't be trusted with money. Um, and so she started to learn how to, you know, keep, keep that money and, and, you know, looked at the systems in her practice and realized there were some ways she was allowing it to flow outward um, and sort of push it away from herself. But yeah, our, our money stuff is, man, it's always there. It is. Yeah. It's, um, and you know, me personally talking about, um, about this, I know that you've heard this example before, cause we just talked about it recently, but just uh-huh. thinking about, I didn't really think I had a money story or one that was really getting in the way, yeah. um, until just recently, um, and thinking about just, um, more of like a, a message of feeling like you have to work really, really hard to make mm-hmm. money. And that may have been something that was like, I don't know, maybe it was like that in the past, but maybe not. Like a lot of times you can be born into money or you might not have to work mm-hmm. that hard for it, but just mm-hmm. having that message and sometimes feeling guilty about, um, designing my businesses the way that I do because I love them so much and a lot, and it's a lot of fun to work in them and maybe mm-hmm. feeling really guilty that I'm not working at this super hard backbreaking job where I'm toiling right. in order to make money and I think sometimes that gets in the way it's like oh am I really deserving of this because it's sometimes can feel so easy not to say sure. that having a business is always easy there are <laughs> right. other other things that can be uh problematic or troublesome right. in it that you have to work through um but that's just one example of one yeah. of those scripts where it's like you have to work really hard you have to suffer yes And, you know, I think we can look at that. I I mean, I I see that with therapists a lot, especially we're like, but I have to be suffering to, for this to be worthwhile. Um, But certainly, I mean, it is kind of amazing that we're in a time and place where we are able to make money without being out there doing backbreaking work. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there are these amazing opportunities that generations ahead of us didn't necessarily have. Um, And so I think it's, you know, it's, it's normal to kind of go, Oh, wait, this is what I grew up with around, you know, here's how you should feel about money and you should really appreciate it and all of that. But what it can do is, yeah, it can turn into guilt and this thing of like, you're not appreciating it. And, and, you know, what if instead of guilt, we did gratitude, like we can still be grateful and say, wow, this is awesome that I can make all this money in a few hours a day of meeting with clients, you know, or I can make all this money sitting in front of a computer drinking delicious coffee, you know, <laughs> like that's amazing. And that's very different from, oh, because it's different now and, it, and it's easier in some ways, I must be punished, mm-hmm. right? I'm being bad. And, and the other thing that I thought of as you were talking, Cindy, is if we bring it back to this relationship, if we thought of it as like in a partner relationship, you know, how many of us have had situations where we believed that relationships always had to be work mm-hmm. and had to involve suffering? I mean, yeah. if we haven't been through those relationships, we've <laughs> certainly had friends who, where we're like, 
just leave him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like you're always crying and you always feel miserable about yourself. You know, like, why would you like, could you be okay with, you know, the, the idea that relationships can feel really good. Yeah. It doesn't have to be hard. And I think there's a lot of myths out there Mm -hmm. around relationships. And I think my opinion is that, um, it's a myth that relationships are hard work and Mm. it can also be a myth that relationships should be easy. Like, I think Mm -hmm. it's somewhere in between. Um, it's, you're, you shouldn't always be struggling in your relationship. It shouldn't always be a struggle. It shouldn't always be hard. It shouldn't always feel, um, strained. Yeah. And it, it's not always going to be really easy, Mm -hmm. but there are, you know, tricks and tools and all kinds of things (laughs) and therapy that you can go to that makes it to where your relationship can be enjoyable. It doesn't mean that you're not going to run into difficult times, but, um, if you, if you're able to, to learn from it, you can have an, an easy relationship Mm -hmm. or a relationship that's not full of stress all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so we have to learn that in our, sometimes we have to learn that if we weren't taught that in our partner relationships or our friend relationships. Um, same thing with money, right? Like I, I'm not going to go around and say, Oh, you know, I, I think there've been a lot of coaches who've done the sort of like, Oh yeah. And then you're just going to make money in your sleep and you never have to think about it and just (laughs) plug it into this formula and everything's going to be just super easy and great. Mm -hmm. It still work. Right. I mean, our businesses still work, especially the setting up part. Um, but you know, if you want it to be more pleasurable than painful. Mm -hmm. And, and so again, like there's so many ways that we can see those money, those old money scripts and stories playing out and it, it, it's work to change them. And, and it starts with just self-awareness of, Oh, this is my thing coming up. Like, this is my old stuff. Okay. Okay. So yeah. That's, that's a, that's a really important part of healthy relationships, right? Is just mm-hmm. like, know your money stories, know mm-hmm. if you have money trauma. Um, and by the way, suddenly I, I, as I started talking um, about money mindset in private practice coaching, suddenly in my counseling practice, I started to have more and more clients who had money trauma and not just the money trauma of not having enough, and, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. But on the flip side, I started having clients who suddenly came into money. Either they married into it and just found out that now I'm rich, you know, mm-hmm. or yeah. inherited a big amount where it freaked them out. And it kind of was traumatic in the sense that suddenly everyone in their lives was like, yeah, it must be nice, you know, and expected them to pay for everything, but also hated them for having money. So anyway, there are lots of types of money trauma. and anyway, so again, just be, be aware of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you may not, um, a lot of you out there may not be aware that you do have a money story. Cause like me for the longest time, I didn't think that I had any like hangups with it. I, I felt, Hey, I went to school for a long time. I spent a lot of money on my education. I've gotten all this wonderful training. I know that I can really help couples and I wasn't afraid to charge for it because I felt like I was providing a really great service um, Mm -hmm. and people were getting a good value out of it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have any problem at all. Um, 
you know, setting my fees at a rate that was sustainable for me. And it may have been higher than a lot of others in the community. Um, and so I was like, okay, I don't really have any money hangups, but mm-hmm. here in, um, my other business and mountain practice journeys, there's also, I'm running into, you know, because it is so enjoyable and because I'm really finding, um, I guess what I'm truly meant to do. And it's so Mm -hmm. enriching and charging premium prices for that is Mm -hmm. a little scary. And it's Mm -hmm. thinking, just thinking about, oh, wow, this is not hard backbreaking work and I can get paid really well for it. And so there, Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of, um, yeah, some hangups there in that, oh, am I deserving of this? Because it, um, because it may not seem extremely hard. (laughs) Right. Well, and here's a thought, Cindy, too, because I I think even in, let's say, you know, someone grows up in the most healthy, you know, positive, healthy relationship with money kind of family where they didn't get, have money trauma. They didn't, you know, they, they, if you grow up in a family where, and in a setting where, um, yeah, the, the money relationship is really healthy. We're still in a society that has all kinds of messages. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even just as women, or if you're talking to minorities, like, you know, every, everyone's getting messages and you see, so I'm, I'm going to speak as, I mean, I'm a, you know, white cis straight woman, but as a woman, I've gotten messages around money. So, I mean, yes, I had my own, you know, money story from my family that I've worked through. And, um, but even if I had come from a really healthy money relationship type of family, like (laughs) there's a lot out there around, you know, women and money. And what does that mean if a woman is making good money? And, you know, so, so again, Mm -hmm. like we can, the, the stories are everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a big societal impact thinking about because the therapy field is, or has been, you know, Mm -hmm. dominated by women and it's, um, you know, when you think of other, um, other careers that maybe are more male dominated, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, in the banking industry or, you know, or even like, yeah. Um, or, or even in the medical field, doctors Mm -hmm. and lawyers and thinking about the rates and fees that they charge. And then, um, but then therapists, which are the majority women, like can Mm -hmm. get a lot of pushback for charging higher Mm -hmm. prices. Therapist culture has a story. Yes. Therapist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love therapists, but we tend to have some serious money stories. So, Yeah. 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 So, so anyway, so that's, I, I, I'm really glad we're covering this idea. And I, and I know, again, probably some of the people listening have encountered this concept, um, but it never hurts to revisit it and to, to be aware of, you know, how do you want to apply relationship principles to this and where might your attachment style be coming in and where might, you know, just all of these things. Um, and, and another kind of idea along the lines of like, how do you put the spark back in your relationship with money is the idea that you need like a good relationship. uh, There's an awareness that it's not always going to be sparky, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you meet someone and you fall in love and it's so exciting and it's like all the hormones and all the connection and it's like the big rush. And then it kind of settles into something a little more mundane, but a healthy couple knows that they need practices and rituals. Mm-hmm. to maintain the connection. Right. 
So, you know, things like date nights and, you know, just family rituals and, you know, just having those regular ways that they connect in a partnership. Right. Yeah. Or, just know, thinking. I was just saying, or, you know, with your friends, you might have certain like, and we meet this often. So what were you mm-hmm. going to say? No, just thinking about that, that totally goes along with what I do in my work with couples. Like you do mm-hmm. prioritize your relationship and you do plan date nights and you make mm-hmm. time uh, with your partner and you have conversations and mm-hmm. it's just thinking about that with your money. It, you can't just <laughs> ignore it and expect right. it to thrive. Right. Exactly. So I I want to encourage people to think about what types of practices and rituals and boundaries do they want to put in place to maintain the money relationship. Um, and so, and, and again, it's that thing where you don't have to be madly in love with money all the time, you know, but you also don't have to just sort of be like, Ooh, I don't want to think about it. And there are a lot of people who are scared to look at their numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, can you create a date night with your money (laughs) where, you know, you can pour a glass of wine and listen to good music and look at your numbers and pay the bills and, you know, and just, once a month, maybe just kind of reconcile all the accounts, but also in doing that, bring some gratitude, like, Oh, I'm so glad that I'm able to pay these bills. You know, Kate Northrup talks about, um, she calls bills gratitude for blessings received. Like oh, how I love wonderful. that. <laughs> yeah. Like I love paying my light bill because you know what? I love having lights in my house and isn't that amazing. And, you know, so, so, you know, having this moment of, of, you know, just connecting with it and getting comfortable with your money. Um, and another way to think of another, you know, ritual is, and I do this with my coaching clients is I have them celebrate wins. So it's not just, but I haven't reached my money goal or I haven't reached my client goal. It's, Hey, are you celebrating every time something good happens or you achieve something good? And, you know, we, we need to do that in our relationships too, right? Not mm-hmm. always be, figuring out, well, here's what you need to be doing differently, but like, or here's how we could be better. But like, Hey, aren't you wonderful? I, here are the things I appreciate about you. So, you know, can you build in positive moments of celebrating? You know, I I mean, I even think about, you know, I, I still have money goals. I still have things I'm working towards. And every once in a while, I'll think about maybe a few years ago and go, oh, oh, I'm doing so much better than then. Yay. <laughs> you know, but it's yeah. such a, it's so relative. Um, so yeah. So, so build in those celebrations. Yeah. I think appreciation is so important because it's also something that I see in my couples work a lot of the times when we're having conversations and we get, when we get down to some of the core issues, a lot of times mm-hmm. it's that neither person feels appreciated in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that can go a long way. Even if you just pick one thing a day and be like, yeah. Hey, I really appreciate that you do this for us, or I really right. appreciate this quality about you. Um, instead of, a lot of times you can kind of appreciate it in your head, but not say it to your partner, right. you know? So it's like, exactly. Oh yeah, I recognize that this is something good, but I'm not going to say anything until something's going wrong. Cause you know, we need to fix it. And mm-hmm. so then the only things that you're talking about are things that are problems or that you don't like about your partner. Right. And then they, they're going to feel super unappreciated and like they yeah. can't do anything right. And I can see how right. that can translate to your money. 
Totally. And, and, you know, if you think about, again, with relationships, we want to hang out with people who, who are nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? And, and so if you're always like only focusing on negative things around money, right? Like, Oh, there's not enough or, Oh, you know, why don't I have what they have? Or, you know, just whatever, or you're avoiding it and you're not Mm -hmm. connecting with it. You know, money's not going to want to hang out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We want to, we want to provide a welcoming environment for money, right? There's um, Dan Kennedy is a, um, a marketing coach. Who's, he's a very abrasive human being, but he's funny. And one of the things I love, he was like, money likes friends. He's like, leave like cash lying around your house where you'll see it. And, and it's, it'll just sort of like start to train your brain that, you know, he's like money wants to hang out with other money. Yeah. (laughs) Have a little playground for your money. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, one of these practices, excuse me, practices and rituals that I would say is, you know, language language is a practice. So if, again, if we're talking negatively about money, our money or other people having money, we are pushing it away Mm -hmm. and we're creating a negative relationship and we're taking the spark out of that relationship. And you, we want to spark in the relationship. That example reminded me of jealousy and how it can Mm -hmm. erode a couple's relationship. If there's jealousy there, like you do not want to, it's annoying. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be around that person. It's, I can imagine how that would work with money. If you are jealous of other people's money or, you know, having a negative attitude about that. Yeah. One of my language practices around that is if I ever find myself going, must be nice. (laughs) I have to stop and go, I bet that is really nice. And how wonderful for this person. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love that you're getting to, you know, travel and take a big trip and, you know, or I, I love that you just got a new car for yourself. How wonderful. I celebrate that for that person, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, because it, it just kind of opens up that pathway of, oh yeah. And I get to receive those things too, even if I'm not right now, or, you know what I mean? Like that, that language really communicates to money. You are welcome here or you're not welcome here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just thinking about what we've been talking about so far, I'm trying to think of examples of how, if I'm already doing some of these things or making notes of things that I want to start doing. But Mm -hmm. one of the things that I do with my money that's been really helpful is I'd created uh, what I call the old school financial spreadsheet. And Uh it it just, um, it allows me to spend some time with my money because in my businesses, I do love automation and finding, Mm -hmm. you know, easier ways to do things. But when it comes to my money, I like mm-hmm. to really spend a little bit of time with it. So that's mm-hmm. a way that I can do that where totally. I will go in and look at my bank statements and my credit card statements and I will transfer it over. I will, you know, look at the number. I'll manually log it into my spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And it's that way I can be thankful for the money that's coming in as yeah. I'm typing it in. And now that you've mentioned that being, um, what was it? The thing that Kate Northrup said about. Oh, gratitude. Um, ble- gratitude for blessings received. Yeah. So that's something I want to start doing when I'm entering in my expenses into mm-hmm. my Excel spreadsheet. Right. And another thing that it helps with, I mean, I'm spending quality time with my money. I'm mm-hmm. looking through it, you know, going through it once a month and really, uh, you know, seeing where the money is coming in, where it's going mm-hmm. out. And it can be really helpful when I'm looking at my, um, 
at my statements and everything to see if there's something that I'm not aware of that, like a subscription that I have that I forgot about that I'm not Mm -hmm. using. So it can really help me to, to see like, oh, I need to cancel that because I'm not using this. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's sort of, I mean, I, I, I love, um, Ramit Sethi, he's a, he's a money guy um, who, and he also talks a lot about relationships and money and he and his wife have a monthly couples check-in where they say, Hey, how are we doing? You know, like, what are we doing? Well, what can we work on? And, and I love that. Cause I think, you know, and that's the same thing we can be doing with our money. And again, not in a, what could I be doing better? Yeah, I'm screwing up, you know, um, but more just, let's just get comfortable with it. And and the other thing is, you know, build in fun. I mean, not just comfort, but like, can you enjoy it? Can you let yourself enjoy seeing your numbers go up? Mm -hmm. You know, I I was trying to think of the equivalent of like having a really good sex life. And I was like, (laughs) I think like something that's truly just focused on pleasure around your money. Like, can you splurge on something for yourself? You know, and depending on your budget, you know, for one person that might be, you know, a $10,000 purse, that wouldn't be my jam. Oh no! Um, (laughs) But like for someone else, it might be, you know, I'm gonna buy myself a treat at Whole Foods today. You know, I'm gonna Mm -hmm. buy the, the expensive lunch or whatever. Um, but can you splurge on something and just relish the pleasure of it, you Mm -hmm. know? And that's also part of the relationship with money of like, Hey, it's okay to enjoy it sometimes. Not to have it be your savior and your Mm -hmm. define. It doesn't define your identity any more than your relationship defines your identity, Mm -hmm. but it's something that's there also for your pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think having a balance is really important in being able to, because some people are naturally spenders and some are savers mm-hmm. yeah. and um, some people that are savers, like they, um, they don't have any fun with their money. And, and so even just challenging yourself to do something small, it doesn't have to be big. Um, mm-hmm. It can even be, you know, if you've got uh, some money stashed away or some savings or you're getting money back for taxes or whatever, maybe challenging yourself to take 5% of that and do mm-hmm. something fun with it, whether yeah. that's $5 or $5,000, like just, um, it's a small percentage. It's not going to cause you to go broke because if you're a saver, like you've, you've got it under control, (laughs) but being able to, to do something a little bit fun and having some fun money. Right. And again, I'll bounce it back to couples, you know, if, I mean, and especially coming off of that, the year of pandemic or year and a half, you know, where it was sort of like a lot of couples struggled because they just had to function. Mm-hmm. You know, they just had to get by and function as, you know, parents or employees or whatever, um, and, and lost the chance to just enjoy each other and have fun. Um, so yeah, I think this exercise of building in some pleasure around your money is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more important than people realize. So speaking of which I'm going to schedule a massage for myself later as a yeah. treat. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, So another idea to think about in terms of, you know, this parallel between, you know, couples relationships and um, money, the money relationship is that it's important to know when you need outside support, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I love Cindy that you work with happy couples 
because it doesn't have to be when you're in crisis that you get support, right? Yeah. It, you know, with our money relationship, it can also be really important to just make sure that like, Hey, do we have support in place? You know, do you have a coach? You know, do you have um, other people that you mastermind with or, you know, meet with to talk about like business and money? Um, You know, are you talking with your partner about money and how y'all feel about it? Um, You know, if you are in trouble with money, like if you're, if your relationship with money, if you're realizing, man, I kind of have a screwed up relationship with money where I'm either so consumed with scarcity mindset and I'm super afraid and guilty around it, or I have plenty of it, but I can't enjoy it. Um, you know, get support around that. You know, it's, it's there for you. Yeah. It can be so helpful to figure out what, what it is. And sometimes you can distill it down to just one sentence of what Mm -hmm. your whole (laughs) issue around money is. And it really it affects people differently because I've mm-hmm. had clients where um, they are millionaires and mm-hmm. are so stressed about money of feeling yep. not ever having enough, or I need to put more in this retirement account, or I need yep. to do this and do that. And then mm-hmm. I've had some um, clients that, you know, they are making not much money at all and they don't really have that issue with it. And it, Mm -hmm. or it can be the complete opposite Mm -hmm. where you, you make a ton of money and you spend a lot of money and you're not concerned about saving any of it. And it can be where you don't make a lot of money and you do have that scarcity and trying to just make ends meet. So it really, um, doesn't, uh, I don't think it really always relates to how much money you have, what your money oh, story is going to be. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, that uh, that's a great point. It's not about the number; Mm-mm. it's about the relationship. So that and that's where getting some support really matters. And you know, part of support too. So, like with a couple, they may have a couples counselor, um, but also the people they surround themselves with matter. Mm-hmm. Right? Are they surrounded with supportive people and supportive couples, and and who who also you know are good at having healthy relationships and working on them? Um, pay attention to: Are you surrounding yourself with people with a negative money mindset? Because if you start to feel better about money and you're starting to improve your relationship with it, and especially if you're starting to welcome it in, but you're afraid that your friend is going to be like. Yeah, I guess you're going to start getting greedy or, you know, I guess you don't, you know, you must think you're better than us or, you know, whatever, because they've got their money story. You know, you're, you're going to need to be ready to either, you know, confront them and lovingly and, you know, sort of shift some of that or, um, you know, counterbalance with people who are going to go, yes, I'm so proud of your success. You know, that's awesome. You should be charging even more. (laughs) Um, You know what I mean? Or, like you, you want to pay attention to the people around you. And again, this is where, um, and I mean, I, I'm, I know I'm biased. I'm a coach. So I'm like having a coaching mastermind, you know, with other private practitioners who are trying to have a good relationship with money that can really make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, it can it's just one more area to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts on like the relationship with money? Yeah. So I kind of alluded to this, but in the same way that, so, so relationships are here to grow us. Right. But they're often a mirror back to us. 
not that the other person is that, that that's their whole purpose is, Oh, you are just a mirror to me. That would be very narcissistic. Right. Um, but when we are in a relationship with someone, we will start to see where we're out of balance, right? Because it will be reflected back to us. Um, and that's a gift. It's hard sometimes, but it's a gift. And it's kind of the same thing with money. Like the way our, our relationship with money is happening can be a gift that mirrors back to us where we might be out of balance. Um, so on a, this is on a much deeper level, level, but it can start to tell us, okay, where am I struggling with some worthiness stuff? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, do I trust? I, I, I cringe at the thought right now of saying, do I trust abundance? Just because I've sort of recently experienced someone sort of weaponizing that concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know, you know some of that lingo, like I use it sometimes and it can, it can just be one more thing we turn against ourselves. Right. Like, you know, Oh crap, I'm not trusting abundance. Oh no, I'm the worst. Right. Um, but it does, it can, it can reflect back to us about like, do I, do I trust, you know, God or the universe or whatever, like, what, what am I feeling about myself, about others, about the world? Um, not to like, <laughs> I don't mean to blow this up too much, but at the same time, like it'll, it's going to mirror stuff back to us. And some, and again, sometimes it's not about the money. Mm-hmm. It's about how do I feel about myself and about the world? So, so the, there is an opportunity to bring curiosity to that. Mm-hmm. And to say, yeah, so so how do I want to get a little more in balance around that? Or how do I want to feel about life? How do I want to feel about my worthiness? How do I want to feel, you know, am I deserving of good things? Um, how do I want to feel in the world? So Yeah, there's some really juicy stuff there. I, I feel like I need to, once this airs, go back and listen to like the last five minutes of this, because mm. I do... I do think there is a lot of good stuff in there to think about and how it is a reflection. And there's a lot of, you know, deeper stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. And I would venture to say that it's never about the money because money is like yeah. a symbol. It's of, a symbol. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. And, you know, again, our money relationship will show up in how do I feel about being generous? Mm-hmm. You know, do I have a tight fist or an open fist? Right. And mm-hmm. like to, to allow money in, you have to be willing to let some out, you know, <laughs> Um, what do I want to use my money for? Am I allowed to enjoy it? But also like, yeah, do I want to use it to write big fat checks to good organizations so that I can actually impact the world? Yeah. Um, the relationship with money is, it, it it will tell us so much about ourselves, but also we get to shape it. We get to say, and here's what I want that to be like, and here's what I want this to mean. Here's mm-hmm. what I want money to mean to me you know? So I, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a very, um, no pun intended. It's a rich area of exploration. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. And I was also thinking about while we're on the topic, maybe going into a little bonus segment about, Mm -hmm. um, 
thinking about when people are maybe raising their rates or deciding Ooh, on, price, yeah. on pricing their products or totally. how you, how you're able to really, um, do that and create so that you can create a business that's sustainable for you totally. and you're not letting your money stuff get in the way of you mm-hmm. having a business that can stay in business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. So, um, there's, <laughs> I could go on for another hour about that. Again, I think knowing that I, I, I still, I mean, I've done this so many times. I've done the thing of raising my rates and, and I even have it built into my systems. Like I let my clients know and every year my rate goes up this much. And yet I still go through that thing, that Mm -hmm. emotional, like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. They're all going to leave me. You know, all this stuff comes up when Mm -hmm. it's time to raise my rates. And one of the things that's been so helpful about receiving coaching really has been being able to just bring curiosity to that and and sort of bring in the kind of compassionate observer self to just go, Mm -hmm. okay, what's coming up here? What's this about? Mm -hmm. You know? And like, okay, of course, this is hard because here's my money story and here's what I experienced when I asked for money growing up. Um, And then to be able to make decisions despite the old money shame stories, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing is I can go into that moment conscious of the fact that, yeah, it it really might bring up some stuff for clients. And that's not about me. Mm -hmm. That's not me being a jerk. That other people have money trauma and money stories. And so when I introduce that, okay, it's time for my annual fee raise um, or any other type of fee raise, I, I couch it with language around, hey, and I realize money brings up a lot of stuff for people sometimes. And so if you want to talk through this, we can. Mm-hmm. You know, if this, I mean, I don't, I don't assume it. I'm not like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm raising my rates <laughs> and I know this is going to traumatize you. It's not like that. It's more like, Hey, here's what's happening. If you want to talk about it, or if you're noticing any feelings around it, we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. Because, I like that. And I think it's yeah. um, by having systems in place where mm-hmm. there's this expectation and you're laying it out like this is how my business works and informing people yeah. ahead of time. It does, it doesn't mean that it's going to always be easy, but it makes it so much easier because your clients aren't surprised. Like, so in my right informed consent, I have, um, even though I haven't done it because I see shorter term clients. So Mm -hmm. one way you can do it, if you do see short-term clients, Mm -hmm. I've never like raised my rate on a current client. It's like Mm -hmm. what they come in at, they stay at, and then they kind of graduate. And once they graduate, if they decide to come back, then they come Mm -hmm. back in at the new rate because I do see, you know, I don't see couples for very long amounts of time. So I'm okay. Like, Hey, if Mm -hmm. you come in at this rate, then we'll stay at this rate until we finish up. Um, but mm-hmm. then if they've, you know, not been in therapy for maybe 60, 90 days, then, you know, you kind of close that. And if they come mm-hmm. back, it's like, this is my current rate. Um, yeah. but then also I do have in my paperwork, just in case I did want to change that around is where, um, you know, every January there will be, a, an annual fee increase, 
mm-hmm. and it will not exceed like X number of dollars per year. And mm-hmm. so they're aware like, Hey, this is happening. So even though yeah. you may be at like 150 right now, it may be like 175 next year or, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever you want that to be. Um, but I think that just having that expectation makes yeah. it a lot easier. Cause it's like, Oh, if you'll remember last year when you came on board, yeah, we talked about this in the first session. So it's time for that annual fee increase. And this is what the new rate's going to be. Yeah. Systems help so much. They help so much because it, and it just becomes, okay, this is how it works. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll bring it back to the couple parallel, you know, let's say every year a couple had to have an argument about whether or not to go on vacation versus, okay, here's how it works. We go on vacation every year, you know, where it just becomes, oh, where do you want to go this year? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> versus, and, you know, and typically we do a week and, you know, as our income grows, we might go to two weeks, you know, like if you have it just sort of built in of, okay, this is how it works. This is a business. Businesses make money as part. I mean, again, this isn't, this is the language you're using with your client. Businesses make money, you know, but with yourself, like, Oh, and part of this business and it is a business is to make me money. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as I get more experience, as I get more well-known as uh, inflation, you know, happens as the years pass, like it is normal and healthy to raise my rates. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it works. And, and yeah. so convincing yourself to kind of have that phrase of, oh, this is how it works mm-hmm. also helps you have that, that kind of that attitude with clients where it's like, okay, this is how it works. It's time for this fee raise. Yeah. And I think it's really important to be aware of, um, you know, what you want your business to do for you or how much mm-hmm. income you need out of your business and totally. ha- and inflation is like a real thing because I've yeah. noticed that a lot of uh, newer therapists coming into private practice, myself included, yeah. I had higher rates than a lot of people that had been practicing for 20 years. And oh, yeah. that, that can cause a lot of, um, a lot of stir and stink in yes, the, in the community. And it's, um, you know, if you haven't raised your rates in 20 years, like that has nothing to do with me. Like I, I'm basing this on what the current cost of, you know, it, it is to live in society today. Mm -hmm. And this is the amount of money that I need in order to pay my bills, maybe go on a vacation once a year, possibly Mm -hmm. in the future at some point, put some money into retirement Mm -hmm. and to have a caseload. So I don't burn out and I can do this work for a long time. Yeah. And, and again, couples renegotiate the terms all the time, right? Like if, if a couple is doing the same practices, I'm going to think about like a long-term couple, if they're still acting the same way they did in the eighties, you know, (laughs) they've been, they've been married for a long time. Like there, there are some things that have changed in terms of how couples interact and gender roles and, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we've got to be able to be flexible and and to grow with the times. So same thing with money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And not to say that if you have a super low rate, like that's awesome too, because hopefully that's what you've decided that that that's the amount of income that you need and that's sustainable for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't ever want anyone to think that there's any judgment that you have to have like this, 
this huge rate to show like, oh, I'm taking care of myself. I'm do mm-hmm. you know, I have time for vacation because every person's situation is different. Like you have yeah. no idea if someone is independently wealthy and they they can, you know, they really enjoy doing therapy. So they have a low rate because they want to be accessible. You have no idea if someone, how much debt someone is in mm-hmm. or, you know, what their, what their bills are, if they have medical bills and they need to charge a higher rate in order to do the work that they love. Yeah. And I think what you're getting at is that there's just no place for shame mm-hmm. in this. And, you know, in a healthy relationship, like between people, you know, shame is pretty toxic and it's really important to sort of come at it, you know, to extract the shame. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the money relationship. Absolutely. Everyone's got a different story and everyone's going to, you know, have their practices, but we don't need to shame each other for, we certainly don't need to shame each other for charging a good rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't need to shame each other for not charging enough. There's some of that too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it goes I, both ways. I, yeah. And I really want to respect the journey. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm biased. I want therapists to make really good money. That's just mm-hmm. a thing. And, and I think part of that is um, again, that, you know, we as a community tend to devalue ourselves. And I think it, you know, I want it to be a um, something that's really seen as worthwhile and that's prestigious, not because of status, but because of how valuable it is. I really want mm-hmm. it to be valued. Um, shaming someone who's making choices about pricing themselves lower. That's no, that's no, 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 no. We're not going to shame. Like, again, mm-hmm. we can bring curiosity. Yeah. You know, just, huh. I wonder what's up with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if your rate is $5 an hour, that's wonderful. If your rate is $500 an hour, that's wonderful too. As long as you are good with it and it's good between you and your clients and you're both doing that in a healthy way, then Mm -hmm. it's none of anyone else's business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and there's space for these conversations Mm -hmm. too. Right. Yeah. So Again, we could go on and on about this because I know it's such a great, it's yeah. such a deep topic. Yeah, you know? but I just wanted to add this little piece in here at the end since it is getting close to the end of the year. And that's when a lot mm-hmm. of people may try and make those those decisions about if they're mm-hmm. going to raise their rates. Um, yeah. So I would just suggest, you know, putting it in your informed consent that, you know, there will be a fee raise of no more than X dollars a year. And that'll occur, you know, at the beginning of the year, whenever you want it to I- occur. Can I jump in and say, I actually, so you and I can disagree on this, but you, Mm -hmm. I don't think you have to put the language of it'll be no more than this amount. Oh yeah. You don't have to, because Mm -hmm. I, I I did that once and then I really regretted it because Mm -hmm. I did do a pretty big fee jump at some point and I was applying Mm -hmm. it to new clients, but I, at some point I was like, okay, it's time to raise the rates on yeah. my ongoing clients. And I was like, ah, oh, dang it. I said, I wouldn't raise it more yeah. than $10 a year yeah. and now I'm stuck. Yeah. That's um, a good idea of not holding <laughs> yourself to that because I think mine in the beginning was like a larger amount. I think it might've mm-hmm. been like 20 or even more than that. And, mm-hmm. um, but then I eventually removed it where it's like, mm-hmm. there will be a fee increase, you know, at the yeah. beginning of the year and didn't put a dollar amount to it. And a lot of times I I wouldn't really do a yearly. I would usually raise my fees whenever it felt right. So it would be mm-hmm. at random times. Yeah. And I remember and that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, my journey has been from like 
a hundred dollars, then one twenty, and then one fifty, um, and then one eighty, and then two hundred, and then two fifty. So it's just all like at random yeah. times, um, and it's for those new clients. So yeah, don't don't pigeonhole yourself into that. Um, and so no, I agree with you on that. Is to just say that hey, this is happening, and not yeah. you know get stuck. And and I do want to um, I want to follow up to the conversation about fee raises and fee amounts to in saying again I'm going to come back to this parallel of couples right if there's an amount you know you want to charge but you're trying to convince yourself no that's too much I don't want to do that you know if that's the case. Um, and again, yeah, there's some people who are like, Ooh, I really like charging this other rate. That's, you know, cause my ideal client fits this you know, population that needs more accessibility. But if you're like, Ooh, you know what I really want to charge, but you are just kind of scared to say it or scared mm-hmm. to admit it to yourself or scared to do it. I want you to think about it as like, don't you want to like, if if you're dating or if back when you were dating and it's like, I really want to ask that person out. Mm-hmm. But am I, oh, they're going to reject me. Oh, they're this, but you know, in the same way that I'd be like, you know what, go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. Like, it's okay to want what you want. It's okay to ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. And some people may reject you. They may say, yeah, I'm not going to char- pay that much. And that's yeah. okay too. But your mm-hmm. ideal clients, the, the fit, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to say, yes, I will dance with you. I will go out with you. You know, okay. Now that's, now we're getting into, (laughs) I'm mixing my metaphors and sounding unethical. Don't date your clients. Um, (laughs) date your fee is what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's okay to take risks Mm -hmm. and you're, and you're worthy of that. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. It was so great to have you on today. And I know that this is such a big topic and we could talk about this for days, but I hope that what we've talked about is maybe reframing this relationship with your money and spending time with it and showing your appreciation is really going to help to heal some of those money stories. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll, I'll say on my website, janecartercoaching.com, I have a free resource around money. It's, it's very simple, just five ways to make more money in your business now. Um, and I have some blog posts about money mindset and, uh, I would love it if people want to pop over and get those. Um, and I just love having these conversations with people. So I'd love to hear from people. Yeah. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Cindy. This was great. During each episode, I'll be giving you one small takeaway, action step, or mindset shift. I call these acorns. Listen to episode zero to get the scoop on what the acorns are all about. The acorn from this episode is to identify a money belief that you carry that is getting in the way and turn it on its head with a positive mantra. For example, if you have the belief that you have to work really hard for your money, you may want to have your mantra say, it's okay for me to have fun making money. So take that money belief that is getting in the way and create a positive, joyful mantra that begins with the words, it's okay. I'd love to hear what you come up with. So head over to Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys and let me know how you are challenging your negative money beliefs by commenting on today's money mantra post. As I outlined in episode zero, I'll be alternating between a fun fact and what I'm digging segment with each new episode. What I'm digging for this episode is my Enneagram training. I'm midway through year two of an Enneagram training and certification program led by the amazing Lissa Friedman, founder of the Enneagram School of Awakening here in Asheville, North Carolina. 
The Enneagram is a beautiful and powerful tool for personal growth, and I'm beyond excited that Enneagram work will be an essential part of Forest Mind, where I'll be guiding members in identifying their type and accessing the deep transformation that can occur as you move from fixation to your true essence. A friendly reminder that enrollment is open for Forest Mind, my new comfy, cozy mastermind for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and other solo business owners in the helping and healing fields. If you join by December 15th, you'll become a founding member and get $1,200 off your yearly membership. Visit mountainpracticejourneys.com slash forestmind for more information and to claim your spot in this small, cozy, supportive group. Thank you so much for joining me today on your private practice journey. If you would like to learn more about Jane and the wonderful work she is doing, please visit her website at janecartercoaching.com and follow her on Instagram at janecartercoaching. Also, if you haven't already listened, be sure to check out my other interviews with Jane in episodes 14 and 25. And for episode 38, I'll be coming at you with a Thanksgiving special episode. In the meantime, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. There's no way you can know how much it means to me that you choose to join me here as I share all things related to private practice. Please subscribe so you don't miss a step. For more information about this episode, visit the show notes page at mountainpracticejourneys.com slash podcast. I truly appreciate you trailblazers. Your mountain is within reach. Journey on.